Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to In the Trenches podcast by SoCal Student Ministries. My name is Charlie, and I'm here today with Gary. Hey. And Elliot Bland. How do you know that they're listening to this in the afternoon? What if they're listening to the morning? Like, good afternoon is just universal. No, it's not. It means it's the afternoon. Good morning. Good good morning. Hey, also, the Dodgers are World Series champions. I just want everyone to know that. Yes. I didn't know you were a Dodger fan. I am. I could have sworn. My you... son is the reason that the Dodgers won the World Series. I wouldn't go that far. He, uh, it's just science. He wore his shorts when they were down three-one, and they came back to win the World Series. So I do recall that one of the very first times I ever went to your youth group, you shared a story about how you were a fake Dodger fan. No, and how a real Dodger Rams. fan. I said that was a Rams ah. story, idiot. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why don't you pay attention next time? I don't know. I almost I have this picture of me and Aubrey Stop at trying at to Dodger slander game. me. Hey. You just, you just did it to me, so I had to do it back. I didn't call you a fake anything fan. I said you said good afternoon. Yeah. But it's true. Hey, well, good afternoon, good morning, and good night, whatever hey, time of the day the it Truman is. the Truman Show. Yes. Um, I forgot where I was going with this. We're starting this one off on the right foot. But yep. um, besides the Dodgers winning the World Series, how are you guys doing this week? I'm good, especially after that. That was probably one of the highlights of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been waiting a long time for that. So. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, pretty, Why did they take excited. Blake Snell out? I don't care. Who knows? <laughs> that we could talk the whole podcast. Let's turn care. this into a sports podcast. I'm so down. Uh, I'm so down. I just, can we just highlight real fast that Jimmy Gomez was at the World Series Dude, game? I know. I On know. It was his birthday. Yeah. And he's a bigger Dodgers fan, definitely than me. Maybe not than Gary. Gary's been a Dodgers fan for a long time. But that – I. You get jealous of people, but I'm happy for him. Like that's that so awesome. cool. They won on his birthday. He was there live. Like I was messaging back and forth with him throughout the game, and, and man, it sounded like an awesome. I was I was excited for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so sweet. It's super and cool. it's funny because um, that Tuesday night when we were watching the game, uh, one of our friends that's part of our church plant here, he is a, a huge Dodger fan, and he had bought tickets to go to Game Seven and a plane a plane flight. And so I was asking him, I was like. Do you want them to win? Because he's a big Dodger fan. He's like, I'd much rather just lose out on the money and see the Dodgers win a World Series. Like, all right, you're a true fan. That's good. Yeah, I, I don't think I could. So he lost the money. Yeah, he lost the money. I was like, man. Wow. I that I would be heartbroken, but That's happy crazy. at the same time. Yeah. Um. Well, again, this is not a uh, sports podcast, but instead, this is a youth pastors podcast, and today we're going to talk about a topic. I think it's a topic that a lot of us maybe we're good at, maybe we're right in the middle of, or we are not so good at when we take a look at our youth ministry, and it's this, how to lead leaders. Because as youth pastors, we have the call to be a youth pastor to our students and to lead our students, but also we are called to lead our leaders. And I I think I've heard it many times before where um, there are certain moments and certain seasons in our life where we not only have to be youth pastors to our students, but youth pastors to our leaders and with just that being said what do you what are your guys thoughts on that do you guys believe in that or am I completely wrong for saying something like that um I don't know I, it's always like a weird dynamic because there's times where I in like seasons in youth ministry where I really relate to that and mm-hmm. I feel like I am almost having two youth ministries the one with leaders and the one with students uh but I think just the type of person I am, and I know Gary's very similar to this, and I would say you're similar as well. I can't totally disassociate myself from being in relationship with students, although I do love empowering leaders to 
become youth pastors to students in and of themselves. And it's one of my favorite things when a student, you know, connects more with a leader than maybe even me, like they'll go to them for problems. But I can't, I can't take myself away from it completely because that's my heart, you know, is to connect with students and to get lunch with students and to be in relationship with them in some way, shape or form in my own um, life, you know. And so as much as I want to empower leaders, I think sometimes youth pastors can see it as like my job is just to empower these leaders to do. And, and especially in like bigger youth ministry context, that is something that is super prevalent. Um and there's nothing against that. I'm saying, I think you got to know how you're built and what your strengths are as well. And for me, I've found in just my years of youth ministry, a balance of that works really well for me of kind of pastoring my leaders and being in a relationship with them. But also I've got to be connecting with these students personally. I got to know their names. I got to be going to their sporting events because um, I can't just outsource that. Yeah to leaders i think any youth pastor in some way has to be a leader of leaders in in that idea because if you're gonna have a youth ministry if it's growing if it's successful you have some kind of a leadership team whether that's paid or volunteer or however that works but you've got to be able to lead them and guide them and um yeah i mean in, in some ways have two youth ministries your students and your leaders but um, but I, I mean, Elliot and I were talking this, about this on the way up here. I could never just be a leader of leaders. Like mm-hmm. I, I want hands-on with students. I want to be part of their lives. I want to um, do those things. Now I get out of the way and let like our high school pastor, our junior high pastor um, do a lot of, uh, of things. And I want students to connect with them and I want them to have those moments. And I want our leaders to be able to connect with them in small groups and, and some of those things. But in the same way, I... I I, I love my leaders and I want to do everything that I can, but it's even the title of our podcast in the trenches. Like I still want to be in the trenches. I still want to be in the dirt. I still want yeah. to be a part of students' lives and disciple them and walk a life with them and, and laugh with them and have moments with them. And, and so I think it's finding that balance. Yeah, no, I, I agree a hundred percent. And, and today what we're going to be talking about as we do talk about how to lead leaders is really, t- there's two sides to this podcast. The first one is how do we gain leaders as youth pastors in a youth ministry and how can we lead those leaders once we get them? So the first question I want to ask us today is this, what are some tactics you might use to add leaders to your leadership team? Yeah. So I would say, um, I could tell you what not to do, okay. uh, just from better. experience. Um, and and this is again from my personal experience. And if you're listening to this podcast, it's not because us three think we are experts and we have the yeah. answer. We're just youth pastors who are in the trenches. Eh, 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 <laughs> said the name, uh, and we're saying things that worked for us that didn't work for us. And uh, yeah, you might know better than. You probably do better, know better than me or the three of us. But for me, something that did not work was recruiting. I was, I'm good at it. Like mm-hmm. I've always been a decent um, talker, which is like probably not the best way to prove that. That's not <laughs> like I should have said that better. But like even as a kid, I could like persuade my if I wanted to like go to the movies, right? Yeah. I would get my two little sisters, sit them down in the room, put a game plan together, put like a argument of like here's what we're gonna do my littlest sister you're gonna go in and like bring your piggy bank in and tell you know like i was i've always been like a good strategist when it comes to things like that and especially when it comes to like talking people into things or out of things um and so when i became the youth pastor at our church the church i'm at right now 
day one, I was like, I need a big team. I have mm. big vision. I have big dreams. In order to accomplish it, I need a big team. And I think that there's truth to that. There's like strategy, strategy to that. And it's smart. But my number one thing was just to recruit people, friends of mine, people I knew just basically if you were a young adult age, yeah. you were like, you should be a youth leader, you know? And so I just pulled all these people in just because they were my friends or because they fit like the right age range. And that was about it. And I had a huge team, a, a really big leadership team, and it was working for the first you know few months. It was awesome. But ultimately what happened was I had a bunch of people on my team who weren't called to youth ministry. Mm -hmm. And that's what it comes back to is like youth ministry is a calling. It's something that you have to be called to do. You, you, you don't just do it just because you have to have a passion for it or else it's going to be pointless. And so I had all these people on my team who weren't really called to it. They were just doing me a favor. And so they were leading that way. And mm -hmm. so everything became transactional. It became very like a business almost where I was the employee employer and they were employees. And it, it, ultimately hurt some of our relationships and uh and yeah it became it wasn't fun you yeah. know youth nights weren't as fulfilling as they used to be and uh i think that was ultimately because i did that thing where i just pulled a bunch of people in who were called instead of sort of waiting for god to provide i think we do that a lot of the times uh as people mm -hmm. especially as youth pastors we feel a need to uh make things happen right and so we'll take control and we'll drive the ship but when we're driving or when we're in control that means that it's our strength and our power that's you know accomplishing things and it's only going to produce so much but when we step back and say god i need your help with this yeah. um that's when it really goes and so what happened after that season a ton of my leaders left they didn't want to be in youth ministry anymore some of those relationships and those bridges were burnt because of what happened through that um and it was a really difficult season what i felt my initial reaction was to be like i lost all these leaders i need to gain a bunch of mm -hmm. new ones but what i felt god kind of speaking to me was just saying just wait almost like you know the story of gideon right mm -hmm. where he goes into battle and he's got this huge army and then god's like i'm gonna cut the team down a little bit yeah and then i'm gonna cut the team down a little bit more and i'm gonna cut it down a little bit more to where it was the bare bones, but they accomplished what God had for him. And that's what I felt God kind of speaking is like, I'm going to, those dreams and those visions that I put in your heart, I'm going to bring them to fruition, but I'm going to do it through me, not through your team, not through your abilities, through me. And so just wait, I'll bring a team to you, but for now, just be obedient. And uh, so that's sort of the lesson that I learned was recruitment, recruitment, recruiting yeah. i don't know Rec sounds about right we need matt here again but re <laughs> recruiting leaders isn't necessarily the best option now that doesn't mean if you see potential in someone to yeah. bring them in there's there's a balance to it but that's not what i was doing i wasn't saying i see something in you why don't you come check it out because that's awesome and you should do that i was just saying you're young adult age you're you just graduated you should be in this yeah. and it was damaging because there was people who weren't called to it there were people who were ultimately not living the life of that a leader should live but but why should they because they they didn't feel called to it they were yeah. just helping me out and so that was really dangerous and not beneficial for my youth ministry yeah uh when it came to growing my leadership team yeah i think for us it's a lot of growing them up in our youth ministry so i'm i'm growing leaders um students as they go i mean yeah. uh, a lot of our former leaders and some of our current leaders have been 
students that are formerly part of the youth ministry and, and had grown up in it. And so I see that. I'll see that. Like I'll have, there are students right now that are seniors that I see a lot of potential in. And so I'll mm-hmm. start working with them and talking to them about it and raising them up. Uh, we don't necessarily do recruiting as far as like big signups on a Sunday yeah. for youth leaders and stuff. Um, there are people I, I do agree on, on there's times when I'll just rather wait for someone to, to approach. Yeah. Um, if I see some potential potential in someone, I would go to them. But um, yeah, I'm really big on letting some of that stuff happen organically. Um, because when you when I haven't in the past, um, it, I'll, I'll get in myself in situations where, okay, I've just recruited someone who's not necessarily called to this. Yeah. And then I got to figure out how to unrecruit them. Ooh, that's always a hard one. Yeah. And I, I say too, to what Gary's talking about, to anybody listening to this, who's having struggles with leaders, like you just don't have leaders right now. That's something that I'm even trying to implement that I've seen Gary do so well that I'm trying to implement in our group right now is to create a culture in your youth ministry and in your students that those students who are getting ready to graduate it isn't even he doesn't have this official student leadership program i've seen that in some groups and and sometimes that works really well i tried that and it created some weird moments of like students were in this zone where they were the they're better than other students but then they're not real leaders and so they're this weird nebulous leadership (laughs) you know they're and so and sometimes it works great but Gary doesn't have that where he officially knights them and gives them T-shirts and they're, they're better than other students. They just naturally are the students who are leaders and he sees it in them and he yeah. has his team pour into them. And every time, because he, Gary's been in youth ministry 29, 29, is that what we said? 29 years. Uh, and so he's seen, that's, and that's what, I, I'm sure we'll get to this, but don't feel like you're a bad youth pastor if you have sort of the same issues that all of us have where you have a leadership team for about 18 months, right? Whatever the national average is for youth pastors. um, You have a leadership team that lasts for about that amount of time and then they get burnt out or they step out and you're left kind of being like, I got to rebuild. That's normal. Okay. I remember feeling like, am I, am I a bad youth pastor? You're not. Cause I look at Gary and for 29 years, he's had that sort of story. Now there's been people I'm sure with Gary who have been with him for longer than that. People who have been with him for shorter than that, but that's pretty normal to have yeah. that sort of thing happen. But one thing he's consistent at is building up leaders in his group. So that the, the shift goes without, you know, it, it's so natural. Yeah. And I could, I could name the students from his group right now who are going to naturally graduate this year and step into leadership. And and I would say that too. I know some groups, when I took over as youth pastor, we had like rules, you know, you had to be, you couldn't become a leader after you had just graduated. Mm. And uh, again, you got to know what works for your context. Yeah. But m- one of the best, two of the best leaders I have right now um, recently graduated. They're, they're junior high girl leaders. And so again, they just, they're, they're younger leaders. So I don't put them with the junior, senior girls because yeah. they just were with them, their peers. but they're some of the strongest leaders I have. They're, they're growing those minish, the that, that group of girls. It's the biggest group we have in our youth ministry right now. Uh, cause Daisy and Camille are passionate about it. Mm. I didn't, there's no age requirement, but they, yeah. they love it and they're gifted at it and they're passionate about it. And they're two of the strongest leaders not that just I have right now, but that I've ever had in youth ministry. Um, but I wouldn't have them if I was like, you have to do two years out of, you know, yeah, no, so I'm no. saying, uh, 
sometimes there's reason for that, right? But for us, we don't have that and it helps, you know? Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I know, like, for me, uh, we do, we run student leadership here and one of our own leaders, he's uh, a paid assistant, he runs our, our leadership team, student leadership team. And for us in the context that we're in, I've been in seasons where when I let it, it worked and then it didn't work. And, and now when we're now, as we have this other leader leading this, we've been in seasons also where it worked and it didn't work. And I think, again, it goes back to what you guys are both saying. It's all about your context and the context and understanding that. But for us, when it comes to leadership, a lot of it was that natural growth where it was like some people would come and approach us and say, Hey, like I want to be on the leadership team or I want to serve in youth because I feel called to youth. But there's been times where when like I remember when I first took over, there was 70 junior high students in our upstairs room and four leaders, including myself. And doing that ratio, that math, it doesn't work out very well. We could have easily died, like easily died in that situation. And then it was in that moment where I was like, all right, it's time to start recruiting. And I I don't like using the word recruiting, but it's essentially what it is. And there's like two practical things that I did that maybe some of us can take a hold of and maybe use, or you're like, that's stupid, Charlie. Um, And the first one was just looking around at your church context, seeing who's at your church that's showing up and that's only showing up on a Sunday just to get fed and isn't serving. Because I think there's a lot of us that are out there, there are a lot of people in our church congregation, depending on what the context looks like, want to serve, but don't know how to serve don't know what kind of avenue to take when it comes to serving. And so it's building those types of relationships with them, whether they're young or whether they're older, and getting that relationship with them and then finally asking that question and seeing first off, once you build that relationship, you'll be able to see like, oh, yeah, they can serve in youth ministry or maybe they look like a better fit on kids team or in the worship team if they can sing or whatever that might look like. But for us here, that's one big tactic that we've used. And in this time of COVID, and I think a lot of us have probably felt this, our leadership team depleted heavy. Yeah. And it, you, COVID, as much as of it as it was not fun, it was kind of a secret blessing because it showed me as the youth pastor here what leaders were actually here for students and what leaders weren't. And so coming out of this season, and the reason why I really wanted to talk about this is because now we're in that season almost of rebuilding a leadership team, which is difficult. And I feel like a lot of us that are here or listening right now might be going through just that. So as we're on this idea, what kind of leaders do you guys, I don't want to say target, but like what kind of leaders do you guys want on your team? I mean, for for me, it's is people that love students. I mean, mm. it's really what it comes down to. One, that they have a walk with with Jesus. I mean, yeah. not just a <laughs> fake one or if, you know, we need them to be in a place where they're, they can lead yeah, and not only lead in what they do, but lead in what, how they're living their life. And, and some of those things with social media, with all of those things, we have contracts that leaders have to sign yeah. and, and uh, to, to sign up for leadership of, of our expectations. But, um, you know, in the past, I would have said we, we target a lot of young adults and we do draw. And I think most youth ministry draw a lot of young adults when it yeah. comes to leadership. Um, just at the where they're at in life, but um, you know, having those key um, 
young marrieds or mm-hmm. um, you know moms or all of those different people part of your team is so important and I've learned more and more as I've gotten older how important those people are to have you know yeah. when you have a small group of girls meeting and you have a 21 year old <laughs> trying to give them life advice um, it's nothing against 21 but they've only lived the 21 years of yeah. life and so they don't think like a mom they don't think mm-hmm. um, you know with some of that kind of stuff so uh, I, I think it's good to have a balance in that small group because you do need that 21 year old in there that's going to relate a little bit more to those girls that's yeah. going to ha- understand some of the things that they're going through right now in that moment but you need the balance of you know a 21 year old and then a mom in that group who can really work together to to lead that yeah. group of girls or if it's guys and and you know so finding that balance we're always going to have a majority of young adults when it comes to leaders but you've got to sprinkle in some some um, mature yeah. Christians some mature adults some people that have lived a little bit of life um, that love students yeah. um, in there as well and so it's finding that balance and, and making it work for you yeah, it's funny because I remember when I first started, I was scared of the older leadership team that was a part of the church because I was like, they don't know youth ministry. Again, I was 20 years old when I took over, so I was very young and naive. And I was like, I just want young people because young people are cool and young people are hip. And it wasn't until about year two, I was like, this is a train wreck. Like, why did I do this to myself for? And it is it's so true because that was one of the thoughts that I was thinking is like, is there too young of an age and is there too old of an age when it comes to youth ministry? And what what do you, I mean, obviously Gary um, put his, uh, his thoughts on that, but what about you, Elliot? What do you think? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, too young. Yeah, probably don't have like uh, elementary school kids leading a youth <laughs> ministry. But um, yeah, I think at the end of the day that, that's what matters the most is just people who care about students passionately because mm-hmm. leaders, man, like if we could just all be vulnerable, like it is probably the most difficult part of youth ministry is leadership teams. Yeah. And, uh, cause it makes or breaks our youth ministry. Like we're only as good as our leadership team. We cannot do it without them. And so there's this like appreciation and like necessity for the leadership team and there's sometimes where I'm just like oh my gosh I'm so blessed and so thankful to have this group of people around me and there's other times where I'm banging my head against the wall <laughs> like I wish these guys would get it yeah because we could really change our city and like impact these students if they understood what I understand you know and uh it's a, yeah it's a weird dynamic um but but we do need them mm-hmm. and I think like that's what I found again in this like last season of youth ministry and especially even in COVID is like I want people who want to be there Um, and that's what God's proven. So regardless of your context, you can impact students lives um, with a team that's small, right? If the team that's small, I'd rather have a smaller team that's passionate Mm -hmm. than a big team that's not into it because I've had both. I've had a big team where, you know, a, a, a really good sized leadership team, but the people who were there were just doing me a favor. And I don't want that. I want a team of people who are sold out. And and yeah, I think that there's having diversity in the team too. Um, not just age, but even, yeah. even just like uh, ethnically, yeah, you know no, what I'm saying? Like one. that I'm a white guy. And so my context of seeing the world is that of a white guy. So it's so nice to have all these different perspectives on my leadership team that help. That's what I love about the church is the church is this like 
dichotomy of people. It's a group of people who have no business being in relationship with each other. But the one thing that unites us is Jesus, right? Yeah. And that's what I want my leadership team to look like. That's what I want my youth ministry to look like. Because it's cool for me, a PK who grew up in church and never really had this crazy testimony and tried all these drugs or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I stuck with it and be able to say, yeah, Jesus was it for me. But to have one of my brothers, one of my leaders, one of my sisters be like, no, I tried all that. I did all that. I was, you know, I was really, I tried everything that they've ever made. And I know that it wasn't enough because that relates to the diversity that we have in our students. And that's the beauty of a leadership team Mm -hmm. is like, I don't don't have to have walked through what you walked through, but I know somebody here can relate to you. I know that there's somebody here that, that you could go to and be like, they, they understand me. They see me, they hear me like, and, uh, and that's what I like about leadership. And that's like the beauty of it. But again, they're volunteers too, man. Yeah. Like that's the hard part. Asking, expecting all of this, you know, out of people who have full-time jobs or going yeah. to school full-time. It's it's difficult. It's yeah. hard to find the balance in that. Let me ask you that then. Like what is that? And this isn't even on the notes, but like how far do you think is too far when it comes to asking leaders to do certain things? I don't know. What I've found is like, Again, everything is context. I feel like that's like the mm-hmm. the word of this episode <laughs> is like knowing your context, understanding your leader's context too. And like what I used to do was like I had an expectation, like a, a blanket expectation for all leaders, yeah. you know? And what I found is like that was sort of the wrong mode to go about leadership because there was different people who whose contexts were different, like, right? There's like moms who I need on the team, but they can't at the drop of a hat just pick a student up and take them to coffee they got kids they got a family they got a job but i have this college student who all they have is school but Mm -hmm. they have a lot of other time so i can expect different things from different leaders and and train them right we're going to probably get into that like how do you lead your leaders but knowing them individually and encouraging them individually to you know reach their uh potential as a leader and not just because I, I feel like I was missing out on people being leaders because I was like, here's my expectation. You have to reach all of them. And there's yeah. people who are like, I, well, I just can't do that. But they can still be a great youth night leader, right? Yeah. They might like because it's a big thing for all of us. We all understand as youth pastors, in order to impact the student's life, it's more than just your youth night, right? Yep. But your youth night is a huge part of that, right? Um, and so there's people you need to just, I know some people like there's like men in the church who they're terrible. They, you wouldn't want them to have a conversation with a student because <laughs> it's like, you're going to give bad advice, Yeah. but maybe they can help do security for the night. Like mm-hmm. they care about you and they care about your ministry and they care about the next generation. They just don't know how to help. Yeah. So finding a context that somebody can help in finding people that are like, I'll run the lights for that night. So the mm-hmm. other people can, you know, be with students and pray with students. And, and so figuring out, what people's giftings are using them to their best abilities and uh even for us talking about using utilizing leaders i switched the whole format of how we do youth because of that because i felt like i was i wasn't utilizing my team to the best of their abilities i was using them to stack chairs and Mm -hmm. to set set up events and we were every tuesday night was just putting together an event and all of their energy was going into putting an event on so they they had no leftover reserve to, you know, make relationships with yeah. these students. And that's why we're there. And so I, I re, you know, 
um, rearranged how we did youth to make it so that all of their energy was going into relationships. So we did what we're doing right now Mm -hmm. is let's say there's four Tuesday nights in a month, three of those we're only doing like hangout and small group. It's all relationship because that's where I want my leader's energy going to. And the last Tuesday of the month is a big service one night sort of thing. So we can still do something with excellence, but they're not feeling like all of their energy is being put into this and they have no leftover energy going to relationships because that's what's going to change students' lives. Yeah. So reevaluating even how you do youth can help with your leadership team to use them to their best of their abilities, you know? I think you have to understand that every leader has their own calling and their own gifting and their own talents. And you have to figure out how to plug them into where they're best going to um, serve the youth ministry, but also feel like they're doing something Mm -hmm. because, you know, you don't want to have so many leaders where you have leaders that just don't have something that they're doing that they're just standing around. They really don't feel like they're doing anything because they will eventually just step away at that point. But finding their gifts and their talents how they go, how, what they're good at. But I also think we always have to remember, and I think this is where a lot of guys make mistakes, um, they, they over-expect for their leaders, mm-hmm. and they expect their leaders to be and feel about youth ministry the same way they do. Yeah. And, you know, we have a different calling than our leaders do. Yeah. We're called to full-time ministry. We're called to go above and beyond. We feel... Uh, what we feel about youth ministry isn't going to be the same way that some of our leaders feel about youth ministry. So uh, Elliot said, if you have a mom who has three kids, she might be passionate about youth ministry, but she's way more passionate about her three kids and being a mom and what she has to do. And so we have to always give them the the understanding because there's been plenty of times where I've been frustrated with leaders and felt like, why aren't you committed more? But then I always have to step back and say, okay, what do they have going on in their own life? I've told our leaders like that are in college, you're paying for school. If you have homework one night, you call us, let us know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm swamped. I can't yeah. be at youth tonight. And and I'm going to be no problem because mm-hmm. you're paying for that. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and as, much as, uh, yeah, <laughs> as much as I understand, you know, and, and want you here, um, I have to be understanding yeah. when it comes to mm-hmm. the leaders don't always see youth ministry the same way I do. And it took me a long time to figure that out because I used to get really upset. Yeah, like, don't you get this? Don't you care about these kids' lives? Um, but then I kind of realized, okay, wait these leaders they're volunteer yep. yeah they're volunteer get don't get me wrong if i'm paying you you better be there <laughs> For real. um but if you're a volunteer i have to understand that what volunteer is yeah but i feel like we're kind of in a good zone right now i, I don't know what questions we have but what we're talking about is good because like what you're saying gary is exactly right but there's a sweet spot in like leadership that is hard to find and like, I feel like we have all found by making mistakes. So if there's someone listening to this, hopefully the goal is that you don't have to make the same mistakes. Yes. But I feel like there was a season in ministry where I was sort of like that tyrant, you know, leader where I was like, yeah. these are the expectations. But my heart was in the right place because it was all because we're doing this to change students lives. Don't you get that? You know, I was like wanting to shake people and be like, <laughs> wake up. Why aren't, you know, it be here. Right? Don't be here at all. Right. Like I was yeah. very like militant about it. And then I feel like to combat that, I flipped and was very like, I got to chill out. Mm -hmm. But I was almost too chill. And it was almost like there was leaders that were taking advantage of my chillness. Right. And they weren't meeting the expectations that were needed. They were posting nonsense on social media. They were doing things that leaders shouldn't be doing. And so there's a sweet spot of like holding leaders accountable because you can't just have anybody lead students lives. That's something we're all passionate about. Like you're 
this is not something we take lightly. We're not a babysitting service. We believe in what we're doing and we care about these students. And so I'm not going to let someone flippantly just be in these kids' lives or set a terrible example for these kids. So if you're in it, you're going to be in it. But I do understand, hey, you got class. Hey, you got called into work. That doesn't mean you're not committed. Just communicate with me. That's the biggest thing I found with my leaders is like, just communicate with me. That shows me that you care. Mm -hmm. That shows me that you're, you're into this just make an effort you know and communicate with me and and be there when that's that's why it's so important that our youth context isn't just the nights we're meeting right it's that's leadership isn't just found on showing up praying for a kid during worship setting up chairs leadership is like like this week whenever this airs there was fires in orange county and we had to uh postpone me and gary doing a costume party together we had to postpone it right and so Tuesday night, we didn't have youth because of the fires. Those two leaders that I mentioned before, mm-hmm. Camille and Daisy, they could have taken the night off. They they totally were able to, but they took the opportunity to hit their girls up who were already expecting to come to youth anyways and say, you know what, let's go to the mall. And they took a, a big group of girls to the mall and just hung out and nice. shopped. And and that's leadership. That's 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 it is, is saying, I don't have to do this, but... I get to and mm-hmm. I want to and there's some weeks where I'm gonna be swamped with a final and I can't hang out with students but there's other weeks where I could hang out with a student every single night that week and I'm going to and so like that's the mindset and that's the sweet spot and that's how we got to be training teams isn't to to follow this exact code of like this is what a good leader looks like it's 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 a heart thing it's a yeah. mind thing it's it's kind of getting something that clicks of saying I understand this is volunteer and and all that type of stuff but also there's a standard that we're 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 stepping into. You're signing up to be a part of something, so be a part of it. You yeah. know, and that's the weird part that we find as leaders but of leaders. Every leader is different and yeah. every leader is gonna have a different level of commitment. And you're gonna come across that diamond in the rough every once in a while who just goes above and beyond, has a clear calling. Um, and but then you're gonna have the one that just is able to be there on youth yep. night and that's it and they can't really commit but when they're there they're there and yeah. they're committed and and it's fine those I would encourage any youth pastor um, to make sure when it comes to your leaders that you're having them sign some sort of contract yes. yeah. and not just you know to make everything official but it mostly makes it clear to them like on paper what your expectations are yeah. not only on a on a youth night but um outside of youth and, and how they live their life on social media and some of those other things that will save a youth pastor so much frustration when Mm -hmm. they have them signing some sort of contract because you can always go back to that and say this is what was expected in our contract we even get to the place where we say if you're not going to be there let us know yeah all we ask you know if you're sick if you're overwhelmed if you're just tired you need a night off um, I get all those things because, you know, a lot of these leaders work a job and go to school or all of those things. So I know life happens sometimes and you yeah. can't always be there. But to me, someone that, that messages me and says, hey, I can't be there tonight because I have too much homework. To me, that's the kind of commitment I want. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100 percent. Also, sorry. I just want to say this because I thought about it and we're talking about leaders and this is there's probably leaders listening to this, but this is, you know, a podcast for youth pastors. Um, One thing that's really difficult as a youth pastor is being a leader of leaders, Mm -hmm. but you create these deep rooted friendships with your leaders, which is great, but it's also so lonely, right? Because they, they're, I think of my team right now and there's, there's some of my closest friends, but there's this weird 
element to the friendship where I still have to be their leader, you know? And I think that's why the connection we have with these other youth pastors is so important because there's been moments where it's so lonely Mm because I'm like the people that I consider my closest friends at my church are also people who are on my team. And it just creates a weird element in the friendship sometimes. And that's when I've needed Gary or Charlie or some of these other people to call on and just be like, I'm, I have your back, you have my back. And, and it isn't to say that the, the friendships aren't real and they're not genuine, but I, I want you to know, youth pastor who's listening to this, you're not alone in that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a part of the reason it can be so lonely as a youth pastor because you are leading the people who are your close friends at your church. Um, and especially in tumultuous times in the the ministry, it can be especially lonely and that's why we need each other and that's why this exists that's why the socal network is here to be there for each other in those difficult moments when those leaders who you considered your close friends don't want to be in youth ministry anymore and they're doing that in a way that isn't good or positive and it's breaking your heart and you never thought that that person would do that we're here for you you know like you're not alone in that struggle um, no matter where you're at. Yeah, no, exactly like Elliot said. And that's one of the biggest reasons why we wanted to start this podcast was to let everyone know, one, again, you're not the only one yeah. in youth ministry, and two, you're not doing this alone. Yeah. Um, uh, everything was really good, and we, we've kind of gone along, but I just want one more, want to go over one more thought with you guys. And um, it's the simple question, but it's the question I feel like all of us can struggle with at some times, and that's this how do you guys pour into your leaders? Because again, we see them maybe twice a week if you guys see them on Sundays, which you should, yeah. um, but midweek and then Sundays. And it for me personally, sometimes I feel like it's a burden if I say, hey, come in on a Friday, yeah. we're going to do a leadership yep. training. And it's like, again, goes back to their volunteers. It's another night out of their week. Exactly. Yep. So how do you guys pour into your leadership team? I mean, for us, we've done all kinds of different things. It's, yeah. it's every season, I feel like we're trying something new. Um, you know, really connecting with them, hanging out with them is, is our biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a season where they would all come to my house after youth with food and just hang out for that time. Um, it's been a weird season for us right now because this is probably the smallest our leadership team has ever been. Um, and so we're really able to do some things one-on-one. We're able to do some things um, just in a kind of almost like a small group setting with cool. our, our leaders. But I, I really, we're in a season of figuring some of that stuff out again right now. But in the past, what's worked is we'll do, a, a, you know, a once in a month or, or so training event where maybe bring in another youth pastor and have them do some things. Um, or we'll, we'll just kind of do... Um, a quick meeting together. Um, yeah. You know, we do obviously stuff before service and everything, but um, yeah, it's, it is, it, it, there's different seasons and, and different things work for different seasons, but everything from, um, from again, meeting monthly mm-hmm. uh, to bringing other guys to do training with them to just having them over to our house, which Amy and I still want to do and love to do um, just to have them in our home and we eat food and laugh and then have a couple of things that we'll go over as well. Nice. Yeah. I think, uh, I'm similar to Gary where we're not the most uh, administrative organizational leaders. We're Mm -hmm. more relational leaders. And so I feel like that's sort of what I do as well when it comes to my leadership team. Although there are seasons where I'm like, let's do a devotional together. Let's do, you know, that like just it's sort of like Christianity. Like you do the things that work and 
and you keep doing them right mm-hmm. and so it's kind of switching it up but the main thing is just staying in relationship with the leaders trying to get lunch trying to hang out what i would encourage them to do with students and what i try to do with students yeah. is it's that same sort of thing is you know because i i feel the same way you feel is like i i don't want to add another burden of like come yeah. into this and get a another training and <laughs> And they're like another day out of the week and then getting them all to show up, getting all the leaders recently yes. to be there, even just on a, a youth night is like, if my whole leadership team is there on a youth night, I think Jesus is going to return because <laughs> it's like a miracle that that happened. Um, so getting them there outside of that seems almost impossible. And so trying to like, even just like I'll record something, send it to yeah. them, uh, not as personable as i'd like it to be that's why connecting outside of it even just checking in with them you know Mm -hmm. especially with my guys i'll just you know hit them up be like hey have you been doing uh what's going on try to get lunch whatever that's sort of my context and i think it works and again again we don't have to overcomplicate things right it doesn't have to be like here's this formula because sometimes i'll go to training events and that's not what this podcast is right there are those podcasts that are going to be like let me lay out the formula yeah here's the thing (laughs) and nothing wrong with those but that's not who we are um and i think keeping it simple can work and just being there for your leaders being in relationship with them yeah maybe doing like a christmas party making sure they know that they're appreciated is a Mm -hmm. huge thing And that's something I'll do all the time is just in our group message when I'm giving them information, I constantly am hammering in. I could not do this without you guys. Thank you guys so much. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. You guys are the ones that are changing these students' lives. You know, just reiterating those words of affirmation, I think, is big as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the best training you can give them, though, is, uh, is expectations. Mm. Um, a real a clarity just make everything clear to them yeah. like if you're going to have your leaders lead small groups really share with them your heart and what you want that small group to look yeah. like don't just say hey here's uh, you guys we're going to do small groups so yeah meet with them and talk with them and pray <laughs> with them yeah. and it'll be good you're setting them up to, to kind of either one have no idea what they're doing or two kind of do their own thing and then mm-hmm. you get upset when it doesn't match up what you're looking for. So if you give leaders real clarity and expectations of what you want and what they're doing, um, that's the best training you can give them. Yeah, no, that's that's real good. Um, I think for, for me, some of the stuff that we've utilized lately, especially just during COVID, obviously everyone and their mom has Zoom. So there were so many Zoom meetings, but again, just like the students, the leaders got burnt out over Zoom because a lot of them, again, being young adults are on school or in school doing Zoom classes. Um, but some of the stuff that I think it has been so beneficial to us is we have the app group me that all of our leaders are on and that's the main way we communicate. But it, it's so funny to me that when you text a leader separately, just checking in on them, how much that'll make their day. And I, I never knew that, but I remember when I was a leader, I was like, dude, I loved it when my youth pastor would text me saying, Hey, how are you doing today? Is there anything I can do for you? And I think just that one-on-one connection, I mean, depending on how big your leadership team is, that takes 20 minutes of your day. If that, just to sit there and text everyone in your group, seeing how they're doing, checking up on them. I know one thing that we've been doing lately, same thing like Elliot said, is just recording like a five minute talk, five minute little leadership thing, just of what's happening and just sending that off to them. 
And one thing that we've done lately as we got to come back to youth is uh, going back to those pre-service huddles where we sit there and we there's some kind of encouragement beforehand. And again, as much as the students were excited to be back, I believe our leadership team was excited to be back to see those students. So to capitalize on that in this season has been um super beneficial I think just for us and I believe in every everyone's youth group context because again it's like leaders are tired of being in front of screens leaders are tired of not seeing their students um, again it goes back to their youth pastors as well their youth pastors of their students their youth pastors of their um, their small group and so um, yeah that's kind of some of the things that we've done is there any last uh, thoughts that you guys have on this talk? Because there's a lot of questions we can go over, but we've, we're running a little late. And so I don't want we this another time for another episode. But anything you guys want to add? I'll just reiterate to any leaders that might be listening to this. Like you are the heart and soul of youth ministry. And uh, that is the goal is that students would remember you and remember the connection that they have with you. And uh, yeah. As youth pastors, we could not do this without mm-hmm. you, so we appreciate you. Yeah, I, I just encourage youth pastors, set your leaders up to be in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, let them shine, let them have those moments, because ultimately, you know, we're wanting our students to really connect with our leaders, and so if we're not giving them that opportunity, then they won't, they won't get there. Yeah, no, that's good. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today to In the Trenches by SoCal Student Ministries. Stay tuned for our next episode. Other than that, Gary, thanks for being with us. Thanks. Elliot, thanks for being here. Mm -hmm. And we will see you on the next episode. See you guys.